Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF, your hometown radio station, and in reaching all the way to Valdosta. Amen. But right there in Madison is where this broadcast is is flowing to you right now and coming to you right now. And right there, anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world that you are listening by the World Wide Web, I know that this programming and this broadcast is coming to you today. And we welcome you. And if you have come to our website and have downloaded this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus from our website, we welcome you today to join us in this Bible study. This is one of the, well, I start to say another Bible study the devil wishes we didn't have, a subject he wishes we wouldn't touch on or teach on uh, because he's so afraid of the power of it. But, but really, every time we open the Bible, every time we teach God's Word, uh, he is deathly afraid that we will take that Word and put it into practice by faith in our lives and by obedience. Praise God. I want want to talk about one of the most unused of the spiritual weaponry and privileges that we have, and it's called perpetual prayer. Perpetual prayer. Perpetual prayer. Preserving per- perseverance in prayer it equals victory in battle, and that's why the enemy doesn't want us to pursue and challenge uh, one another uh, to pray perpetually, and literally to pray as the Bible teaches us to without ceasing. Amen. Now, the Bible says that in First Thessalonians chapter five and verse sixteen. Pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean to go around mumbling a prayer and never never stopping praying as if we could talk in between mumbled prayers. It's not talking about that. It simply means that we are to never stop using the privilege and power of prayer. We should never let up. We should never give up. We should never give in. We should never come to a place uh, that we feel that prayer is either not necessary or it is unfruitful and there's no point in it. The devil would like us to believe when we don't see an immediate answer, when the circumstances may even seem to grow worse while we're praying, uh, that, that we would give up on the power and privilege of prayer. And and the Bible tells us to do just the opposite. The Bible tells us to double down when we feel like giving up. Praise God. Amen. We want to talk about perpetual prayer and the victory that comes if we commit ourselves to pray without ceasing. Amen. I want to make a statement initially here today. Standing on the word does not mean sitting idle, hoping for an answer from God. I want to say that again. Standing on the Word does not mean sitting idle, hoping for an answer from God. And standing in faith does not mean believing for something in our heart with no other spiritual exercise. Waiting upon the Lord does not mean doing nothing and becoming inactive spiritually. 
That's why First Thessalonians 5.16 says, Pray without ceasing. You know, waiting upon the Lord in the Old Covenant says, They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Jesus talked about that spiritual exercise that brings that result in the new covenant when he said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Friend of mine, waiting upon the Lord is not the same as taking a number uh, in in at the at the deli in Publix <laughs> and waiting your turn to get your lunch meat. Waiting upon the Lord is not sitting uh, 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 impatiently in a doctor's office uh, doing nothing but but just sitting there until your name is called. Waiting upon the Lord from the Hebrew that word. Weight means to bind together by twisting. If someone is taking three cords and making a rope out of it, or four cords, or however many, and they're braiding them together, binding them together, and twisting them, they are not sitting still. There is activity. And when we pray, faith is becoming active and activated in prayer first and foremost. It comes by hearing the word of God, but it is utilized when we begin to pray without ceasing. And we believe when we pray. You know, Jesus taught whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. That, that, is, that is spiritual activity. It is not spiritual complacency. I believe a complacent church is going to become a complaining church because we're not going to see God's answers in our life. And we're going to wonder why God has not loved us enough, not promised us enough and purposed enough in his heart to help us when we, when we have a great need. The Bible is very clear in the book of James that we have not because we initially ask not. You see, this becomes a supreme issue in our life. The expression of our faith has to be according to God's method of, of, of using our faith and, and His promise to respond to us when we use the method that He has established. And He has established the power and the privilege of prayer for the initial expression of our faith. He that believes much is going to pray much because we know God is listening and God will answer. Therefore, there's great potential and power in prayer. Listen to James chapter 5, verse 16, 17, and 18. It says, Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Friend of mine, God is challenging us by His Word and by His Spirit today, amen, to begin to understand that nobody is a nobody 
in his kingdom. Elijah was not a spiritual superman. He was not a spiritual superperson. He didn't have an extraordinary uh, uh, faith. He, he just knew how to use the faith that he had by praying perpetually. Amen. He prayed. He utilized the privilege and the power of prayer. Matthew Henry comments on this particular verse. He said it must be a pouring out of the heart to God, and it must proceed from faith unfeigned. I'm going to read that again. It must be a pouring out of the heart to God. That's that fervency. And it must proceed from a faith unfeigned. And he goes on to say, great revivals, and, uh, and marvelous moves of God are born out of desperate praying. Many times when the answer is achieved and the blessing comes, the prayer life cools off and we lose the sense of urgency that produce the fervent praying. Though momentum is broken, victory is lost and the vanquished enemy comes back in power, comes back in Power. You see, Elijah prayed earnestly, or as in the original, he in prayer, he prayed. In prayer, he prayed. So it was not just something he was saying, but something he was doing, something he was living in constantly, something abiding in his heart before the words were even spoken. In prayer, he prayed. Matthew Henry goes on to say, it's not enough to say a prayer. We must pray in prayer. Our thoughts must be fixed, our desires firm and ardent, and our graces in exercise. He further states, thus you see, prayer is the key which opens and shuts heaven. Oh, my friend, that's an incredible incredible power at our disposal, an incredible privilege to come in the presence of a holy God and speak to him mouth to mouth. Hallelujah. Thus, you see, prayer is the key which opens and shuts. No wonder Paul says we are to pray without ceasing. Satan will vigorously Oppose us as we move into this kind of power with God. He will uh, uh, try to distract us and break the spiritual momentum that perpetual prayer is producing. Amen. He will seek to deceive us by telling us it is futile to continue to pray. The answer hasn't come yet. Therefore, it's not coming. Remember, the devil is a liar. Every word out of his mouth is a lie. Don't believe it. Don't believe the circumstances. Believe God. <laughs> Someone said you've got to feed your faith and you've got to starve your fears and your doubts. I, I believe that God is speaking to us today through his word to come back to something that has been so neglected in in Christian in the Christian community today there are very few people that I would consider a prayer warrior someone that understands the place of 
prayer in the life of a Christian and the place of prayer in God's purposes being realized and God's promises being kept to us. We have not, friend, because we ask not. It goes on to say we have not secondarily because we ask amiss to consume it on ourselves. But the Bible is very clear. If we ask, if we do pray, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petition that we've desired of him. But the devil will constantly draw our focus from Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, to the circumstances. And if they don't change immediately or if they don't change quickly enough, we become impatient and we begin to doubt and we begin to let up in our praying. The Bible said, and Jesus taught this in the New Covenant, Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, everyone that seeks finds, and everyone that knocks to him it shall be opened. And yet we know there are so many seemingly dead ends when we pray. We come to that place where we, we do not understand why God is not responding. Listen very carefully to this. In the, in the grammar of this, the grammatical sense of this, it would be read like this. Pray and keep on praying. Seek and keep on seeking is what he's saying. Knock and keep on knocking. Ask and keep on asking. It doesn't mean to ask as if he hadn't heard, but ask because we know he's listening. There's a vast difference in praying a prayer that is laced with doubt and fear and unbelief and praying in faith because and continuing, continuing, continuing. You see, it's this perpetual praying that produces the mighty victories and the mighty results. And every time a great revival has come or a great miracle has occurred, it has occurred as a result of people committing themselves to pray until the answer comes. Hallelujah. I remember uh, a story that kind of illustrates how we should see the devil's lies and the circumstances that seem to be more uh, authoritative than God's word in our life. And, and to understand that we need to doubt our doubts. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to feed our faith on the Word of God, and then we need to pray without ceasing. I want to tell you this. this uh, of course, this isn't a true story, but this little story will illustrate uh, what we're trying to say about letting God be true. And let every man and every everything and everyone else uh, become that that we doubt and that that we disbelieve. It says a man stopped by a house with a sign out in front said, Talking Dog for Sale. The owner directed him to the backyard to see the dog. He was pretty skeptical and called out, You talk? Yep, the mutt replied. The man said, So what's your story? After he got over the shock of the dog answering him. The dog looked up and said, Well, I discovered this gift when I was young, and I wanted to help the government, so I went to work for the CIA. 
I jetted around from country to country. I spied on world leaders because no one ever figured a dog could eavesdrop. I was one of their most valuable agents. I uncovered some incredible secrets and was awarded a bunch of medals. I had a wife, a mess of puppies, and now I'm just retired. The guy couldn't believe his ears. Who ever heard of a dog that talked? He was already thinking of ways he could use an eavesdropping dog. He turned to the owner and said, How much do you want for him? The owner replied, Ah, ten dollars will do. To which the man replied, Your dog is amazing. Can I ask why you're selling him so cheap? The owner just shook his head and said, Because he's a big, fat liar. Everything he says is a big, fat lie. That lazy, good-for-nothing dog hasn't even gotten off the front porch to bark at a rabbit. <laughs> Amen. Oh, friend of mine, we need to understand in this comical story that it's there's nothing funny about believing the devil's lies. He is a big fat liar. He is a liar from the beginning. He's a murderer from the beginning because he's a liar and he's the father of all lies. And we need to come to a place that we let God be true by simply deciding we're going to believe what God says, not what we feel, not what other people say, not what the circumstances may dictate, but what God said. And we need to let it stand. Hallelujah. You know, God said, my word is forever settled in heaven. And we, 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 we really need to get a hold of that. He watches over his word to perform it. And, and there's a saying that's going around, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. No friend of mine, God said it, that settles it. <laughs> and you and I must decide to believe it with all of our heart and then express our faith in perpetual prayer. Hallelujah. The next time Satan says God isn't listening, your faith is too small. You are not worthy. It will never happen. It's too late. It's too hard. It's been too long. We must remember he's a big, fat liar and keep on praying and believing. Hallelujah. Pray without ceasing is the way that God brings astonishing results. I like the, the, the narrative in the book of Acts, chapter 12 and verse 5. It begins, Peter is imprisoned by Herod, held over to be put to death. The situation is desperate, but so is the church. Listen to Acts 12, beginning with verse 5. It said, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church. I want to read that again. Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made. Now, if you stop right there, that would describe what we generally do. It's not that we don't pray at all. It's just that we don't pray without ceasing. 
That's the vital difference I see and I believe here in the Word of God. I believe it becomes very clear because so many professional, beautiful, worded prayers are prayed but then forgotten and we go about our day and our night with our television broadcast, our appointments, our responsibilities, and we don't see the mighty power of God in manifestation. But perpetual prayer changes everything. And the kind of prayer that was being prayed for Peter was without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought that he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came to the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened unto them of his own accord. And they went out and passed through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Hallelujah. Oh, friend of mine, they didn't even stop to go to Starbucks. Hallelujah. They didn't take a coffee break. They were still praying in that perpetual prayer earnestly. The, the fervency of that prayer compelled them to pray without ceasing. And as Peter knocked on the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran and told how Peter stood before the gate. She couldn't believe her eyes, literally. And said, and they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. And then said they, It's his angel. Peter's in prison. He's locked up. So Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Hallelujah. I, listen, I want to stop right here. Amen. And make a statement. When God moves supernaturally in answer to perpetual prayer, prayed in faith, even believers are astonished. And I believe with all of my heart that God wants to astonish us with his wisdom and might in answer to perpetual praying and persistent prayer. Verse 17, But he, beckoning unto them with his hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, And go and show these things to James and to the brethren. 
and he departed and went to another place. Now, as soon as it was day, (laughs) I like this. There was no small stir among the soldiers. What was become of Peter? How did he escape? How, How did he escape with guards beside him and bars holding him in? An angelic supernatural visitation in direct and distinct answer to prayer. Hallelujah had occurred because God's people just wouldn't stop praying. They continued to pray without ceasing, without ceasing. Maybe today that we have prayed those little mini prayers. Uh, And we've even been taught in some circles to pray that way, Uh, to just pray and forget about it. That's how you express your faith. That is not how the Bible says that faith is expressed. It is in perpetual prayer. It is praying. In prayer, praying, as Matthew Henry declared, staying in a faith relationship with God in a simple childlike trust and dependency that in everything, in every situation, in all things the Bible teaches in the new covenant with prayer and supplication. Don't be anxious for anything, but in all things with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of with thanksgiving And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind. Keep us from what? From doubt and fear and worry and anxiety. Hallelujah. So that we can truly stand in faith and believe God. Hallelujah. Until we see the answer according to his will and purpose, we see the answer come. Now, friend of mine, the enemy will lie to you over and over and over, and he will cause you to take your focus if he can, if you believe his lies. He will begin to try to to reinforce his lies by the circumstances not changing or getting worse after prayer. I don't know how many prayers and breakthroughs that I have seen come in my life that initially it didn't get better. It got worse, and I realized it was so crucial at that particular point to continue to believe God and express my faith in praying to Him. Hallelujah for that answer to be made manifest. It's not by our much speaking, but it's our continual believing and causing us to pray without ceasing. Praise God. Amen. Something is going to happen when people begin to pray like this. It it opens and shuts heaven, Matthew Henry said, and I believe that. I believe this is that expression of the authority that Jesus talked about when he told Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose will be loosed in heaven. Part of that is being realized when we pray without ceasing. Praise God. I want you to take courage today. If you have prayed and not seen results, I want you to pray again. But this time, I want you to pray like God said to pray, to take hold of him in prayer and do not turn 
loose. Do not listen to the lies of the devil. Listen to the, to the absolute ironclad truth of God's word. And I believe the Lord is going to move in ways that we are going to be absolutely astonished and amazed when the answers begin to come. Oh, friend of mine, what a day that we're living in, in such crisis and such clamor and calamity, and how we need to utilize the power and the privilege of prayer today. And friend, the greatest prayer that can ever be prayed is to repent of our sins and receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. And the greatest prayer that God has ever and will ever answer is to forgive our sins and translate us out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son and seal us with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Hallelujah. So if you don't know Jesus Christ today, I pray that you will pray right where you are. And God will surely answer your prayer. A friend of mine, our time is gone today. I pray that you will come back next week. God loves you, and we do too. So let's talk about Jesus. <laughs>